right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Little, like a matters. Got my man Willie Gibson with me. And uh, Willie, I'm going to tell you what matters to me, man. Urban's back. Yes, Ur- sir. Urban is back. So we back to business in case those of you out there who don't know who Urban is, uh, you've been on another planet for most of your life. That would be Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, has returned to work. Uh, little bit of you know controversy about the fact uh you know if the punishment was adequate if it was long enough it was uh indeed what it should have been should have been more uh whatever it is it, it was what it was um i certainly can understand the point of view of both sides of the argument <clears throat> uh certainly uh happy to see the fact that the buckeyes were able to survive uh without their leader uh they got it done on the field uh, I'm going to be honest. I think I mentioned the fact that I was a little bit concerned about going into Dallas, playing TCU. I had seen some highlights of TCU early in the season. They had a couple big backs that, mm, you know, that I was a little bit concerned about. Uh, but the fellas got it done. What'd you think, Willie? Yeah, I thought uh, they they performed well. It was a little little choppy there at the uh, early on, but second half the uh, Buckeyes turned them. I wasn't really concerned as much with TCU as much as I am in two weeks when they go to Happy Valley uh, against Penn State. That's the one I'm concerned about. After that, it's pretty much a, a, a run run the table scenario for me. But but James Franklin always brings Penn State ready to play. So that that's the one. Yeah, uh, I think Coach does a great job of getting his team ready to play. Uh, I think he is uh, he was the right person for that job at the right time. Uh, I, I don't think the program has missed a beat since he stepped in. As a matter of fact, I think the program probably has had more success uh, in the years that he's been here if you would, you know, go in the reverse, the opposite way. So if he's been there, you know, four years, if you go four years prior to him, I think he has indeed uh, been doing more performing at, at a better rate with the program at it, uh, while he's been at helm than the last four years of, of Coach Paterno's um, coaching years. But uh, be it as it may, um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm a little bit concerned about Penn State, but, you know, again, that's a, that's a game that's been on the schedule uh, for a couple years that the fellas knew about. So they, that's been circled. They know about that. They're going to be ready for that. They will be ready for that. I, I was a little concerned, again, TCU is out of conference. You know, it's a team that, that we haven't had experience of playing. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you know, Willie, anytime anybody outside of the conference gets a chance to play the Ohio State Buckeyes, it's, it's been circled on their calendar for a long time. So they've been, even when they went through spring practice yet last year, they were getting prepared for what they were going to do for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They had, the coaches had already seen some film. They knew the kind of plays Ohio State was going to run. They basically were preparing for Ohio State the entire offseason, last spring and everything, you know. So uh, that's why I was a little bit concerned about this uh, game this past week. And, and again, you know, like uh, everybody said, you know, until you get hit in the stomach, <laughs> you know, it's all right. And uh, I think we got a wake-up call there and uh, being down a little bit there. And, and the fellas responded. You know, they were faced with some adversity. The coach was faced with some adversity. Got a chance to see how he could handle it. And I, and I think our interim coach did an outstanding job to position himself for a head coach job someplace. I think he did an outstanding job. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Day, actually, he turned down a few jobs uh, last offseason, Mississippi State uh, being one of them. Uh, he was the uh, head candidate for the Mississippi State job. 
I actually had an opportunity to uh, do some coaching in the NFL. Uh, Mike Vrabel uh, wanted to bring him on uh, with the Tennessee Titans, but I uh, decided to stay. Uh, Urban uh, actually elevated him to the office of coordinator position. Of course, with that came a uh, little financial incentive, and, and he stayed. So, And then with, with the way he's handled this team uh, in the absence of uh, Coach Meyer, Absolutely. I think that he's definitely uh, positioned himself and I don't know that he'll he'll uh, pass a second time. He'll definitely be a head coach next year, this time next year. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, I'm thinking um, I don't know if he'll leave next year. Uh, You made some excellent points about some opportunities that he had. He could have gone someplace else to be perhaps maybe assistant and head coach some other places. I think to go someplace else to be an assistant, there's no place better you can go to be an assistant than at the college level than Ohio State. So why would you want to do that? Uh, it, at the pro ranks, if, if you want to go and, and be an assistant at, at, you know, in the NFL, if ultimately if that is what your goal is to, pl- to coach in the NFL, you know, he might take that the second time around after the performance he had as head coach. Certainly he proved that, that you know, he's capable. And so, therefore, he may have earned it and a bigger paycheck this time because before it had been a paycheck without, you know, any real example of him being, you know, the man that's really in charge. And uh, he got a chance to show that. So I'm happy for him. But at the same time, you know, we got a plan for that. So it sounds like, uh, you know, we may be minus our coordinator and assistant head coach next year, uh, which means somebody else going to have to step up. But certainly those jobs that like at Ohio State, you know, it's, it's almost like Nick Saban. At, at Alabama, you know, why would you want? You, you, believe it or not, you're you're coaching pro football. I mean, you, the players that you have, they're just one step away. And for some guys, at the end of the season, just one game away from being pro players. And and some of those guys that are first round draft picks, the next year they're they're starting on NFL teams. So you're coaching pro players, you know, and and your atmosphere, your ambiance, everything is no. You, your crowds are bigger in college than they are in pros. The revenue's the same. Your paychecks may be bigger. Urban's is bigger than quite a few guys in the National Football League. So, uh, I don't know. Sometimes when you get that job, you might just want to stay there. You get a little comfortable. That's okay. As long as you win, we're comfortable with you. So, uh, it was good to see they, they, they represented the Buckeyes. And they were down there in that state of Texas that, uh, you know, we've got a couple ball players come out of there. And, uh, you know, and, and our running back went home and uh, got a chance to show up and show out. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. He he did definitely uh, show himself well in front of the hometown folks, and then uh, some other guys as well. Uh, safety Jeffrey Okuda uh, was there as well, and uh, I think it was eight players from the state of Texas on that Buckeye roster on Saturday night. So they definitely uh, did themselves well in front of the hometown crowd. And they did they did well for the program because you know one thing about recruiting in college is is many times uh, that when when you go to that well once, you're going to go back. So if you find one player there, if the program pr- can produce one player and, and that player is, is inspiring other players and other players, you know, typically, I mean, that's how it happens in, in college. You know, they use the players to help recruit other players. So mm-hmm. if it's somebody from your high school, they think they have the same talent, they, they may go right back and want, it, want you to help them convince that guy to come here. That's the right place for them, you know. Uh, I had that experience when I was in college. I took tremendous pride in it. You know, I don't know about a lot of people out there, but if the university felt that there was a person that was the type of person that could play ball and, and, and willing to get his education in Ohio State, and they wanted me, you know, to show that kid around, then, you know, I certainly didn't want to be the reason why 
the kids said no. So I made sure that when the people came in that I spent time with showing them around campus, I asked them, you know, what they like, uh, you know, asked them what they wanted to study, you know, showed them around, did the best job I possibly could and uh, and enjoyed it. And I think I ha I think I lost one week in my, my three years of recruiting because by the time you're a senior, you, you don't recruit anymore. My freshman, sophomore, junior year, um, all the guys that I that I hosted, with the exception of one, came to Ohio State. So I felt pretty good about it. Uh, got a chance for a couple of guys to come. We go undefeated. Went to the Rose Bowl. That's what we want. They wanted to all go to the Rose Bowl. Went to the Rose Bowl. Came to the Fiesta Bowl. So uh, turned out to be pretty good. So so much for my experience of, of recruiting and, and the guys that's coming there. But got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. Uh, well, we're going to. Um, I think we're going to have to. Uh, no, we're good. We, we we don't have to take a break yet. So, uh, got a couple other things happening, man. There's some good things happening in the NFL. Good football this weekend. Is there a particular game that you uh, got a chance to watch that you uh, want to talk a little bit about? Uh, yeah, the Browns. I did watch the Browns and the Saints. And the reason they did not win is no longer a Cleveland Brown. Uh, Zane Gonzalez, the kicker, missed four kicks, two field goals, two extra points, which a total of eight points that you don't get when you lose a game by three. I mean, you have no other alternative other than to replace that kicker. So I bring him up, but I bring up the Browns just because they, what, 59% of their team is new from last year. Last year's 0-16 team. And it's easy to say same old Browns, same old Browns, but that team is poised to make a move. And everybody complains about Hugh Jackson. He's not a great head coach. But the organization was set up to tank for the last two years. He had no control over that roster, the, the higher-ups, the general the front office, the general manager, the owner wanted to tank, get in position to get better players. So now, I think in year three with a GM that's on his side, it's going to bring in talent, uh, players that are ready to play at the NFL level. I think you're going to see a, a, a different Browns and a, a different Hugh Jackson. I think you know, the Browns now now I temper my, my, my excitement. I'm not saying that they're going to be in Atlanta in the Super Bowl come February, but you're definitely going to see an improved team uh, in Cleveland uh, this season. Well, I will say this to you: already we've seen an improved team. I, I certainly was excited. I was excited about um, you know what we saw and and what they did, and uh, I think they. I, I've seen a tremendous improvement. And when I say tremendous improvement, you got to think about the conference winner. I'm sorry, the division winner. The Pittsburgh Steelers is somebody that we we tied. You know, we didn't we didn't beat them, but we didn't lose against them. And we and and again, these were our starters. So uh, I'm feeling that this is somebody who's dominated the Central Division for a number of years, and we go from not winning any games in two years to tying them. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 then this past weekend, our performance was such that again, man, I got this thing with kickers. I've always had this thing with kickers, and uh, you know, you get you got one job to do. One job to do, and uh, you 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 got to do that job. I don't care what the situation is, how much pressure you got. One thing to do is get the ball between those two bars up there, and you know you should you you should. I expect them to do their job all the time. I don't ever expect. Only time I expect a, a kick to be missed by a field goal kicker if it's blocked. And then that's something that he can't do anything about it because perhaps maybe if the trajectory was right, somebody just penetrated and blocked it. But other than that, you're just kicking the ball. That's all you got to do. Is it hard? I can't do it, but that's not what I get paid to do. I never did it, never could do it. But it's something that you practice. This is all you do. You don't do anything else. 
You just kick the ball. And we, we can't continue to put ourselves in a position where we got to rely on our kicker and we can't. <laughs> that's not, that, I don't think that's a good one. But the Browns have already improved. Are we satisfied? No. Has Hugh done a good job? Yes. There's, there's some people who have lost a couple games and people are calling for their jobs. We've lost a couple games. Well, let's say we don't have anything in the win column, but I don't think we're calling for our coach's job. No. No. You see what I'm saying? So, I, so I'm, I'm really happy for it. And, and I think the players have definitely bought it. I think this team takes the field like the young lady who beat Serena Williams. You know, they asked her, could she, you know, did she think she was going to win? You know, she said, you know, she doesn't, was she surprised she won? She said she don't take the court thinking she's not going to win. I, I like the attitude of the Browns. I don't think Hugh and his team is taking the field thinking they're not going to win, regardless of who lines up. I don't think that's what they feel. I think they feel like they can win. And, I, and, and they play like that. And all we got to do is get a few more people running to the ball all the time, every play, and some things are going to happen. The Browns are not a team to, to be overlooked. Even at this time, I would still not say they're out of the playoff. I would say to me, those first two games I've seen, I think the Browns are a playoff team, you know, coming out of say, I, I believe they can make the playoffs. I truly do. Mm. There's some other teams out there that are playing football very well, and we're going to talk about them. But uh, I certainly believe that they can make the playoffs. Now, I, you guys stay in and stay tuned, and we'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And Willie Gibson with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business outside the huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And okay, so I got my man Willie Gibson Gibson on with me again, and uh, we're gonna get right back into it. Willie, uh, I I just want to go here before I forget and not get a chance to address it on the show. Have you ever? I know you haven't because it's never happened. But any of you out there ever heard period of a player who just you know just decides it's time for him to go at halftime? It's time for him to go. Never heard never. of it, never seen it, but but I but I really am a little I'm a little concerned about it, and I want to show some respect to the young brother for the simple reason is that we don't know, you know, because it's one of those things, and we we of course we're talking about Vontae Davis here. Am I correct? Yes, I'm. Yes. I believe I'm correct. Vontae yes. who played with the Buffalo Bills for years. Uh, is this, this was his first year? What, what year was this for him in Buffalo? Will first year in Buffalo. First Ten year vet. First Ten, year in Buffalo. Right, right. Ten years in the league. But but Vontae, you gotta think about if you ten years in the National Football League, yes, you and, and, and some of the players, you know, were pretty upset with him. But I've always said this about football. I've said this to my son about football. I've said to him, son, let me say this to you. I've God has blessed me. I've enjoyed football. I got everything from the game that I can get. If it's more to get, if I'm still here, I'm gonna get it. So you ain't gotta worry about me. But if you step on that football field, you better be ready and get get it at everything you got. And don't go half-ass on that. Ain't no place to be going half-ass at on the football field. So I would say this about that young man: the second that that went through his mind, he probably was thinking about it before. But the, but when you start thinking about anything like that on the football field, that means that you're not concentrating 100. percent And it's a fraction of a second that can make a difference in you making a play. It's a fraction of a second in in the difference of you not making a play, also in you getting hurt and getting hurt real bad because you're not concentrating and your mind is on something else. So the minute that he, I don't care if it was halftime, if he felt like his mind was someplace else that he ain't concentrating 100%, he out on the field thinking about retiring, then get off the field. Now the fact that he didn't communicate and articulate that to his teammates like that, okay, maybe maybe y'all felt like he did something wrong but that is, is it is a team sport, but it's individuals that are part of it. Individuals make up a team. So everybody thinks in, it's got their own individual thought process. And it's not for us. What really, if anything, I believe the man, young man needs to sit down with a, with, a, with a psychiatrist, psychologist, sports psychologist. And they need to, you know, have an assessment, have a conversation. He needs to sit on the couch. And talk to somebody because he got some serious. You just don't do that. First of all, you got to think about it. What we all, everybody wants to do is count the young man's money. So you know he making money. Ten years in the league, he he making some money, and just and then and then something that you love that you know you've been it's a blessing to do this, and you just walk away. So that right there lets you know, okay, everybody thinking, okay, man, what's wrong with you? Some something's got to be wrong with you. You just don't just do this. So first of all, let's think about how he is health-wise. That's my first concern about it. Mentally, what is his mental state of mind to do that? And I, I'm going to leave that there, Will, and I'm going to turn it over to you and let you make some comments on this. A couple things. Um, you mentioned 
for if at any point that enters your mind and it's time to go. I have a hard time, and but I don't know Vontae Davis from Adam. I don't wish any will any ill will towards him. Wish him continued success, but there's no way you can convince me that entered his mind at halftime because this, first of all, this, he 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 issued a statement right after he walked away. That statement looked very, very prepared. Didn't look like there was something that was off the cuff that I just figured this out about an hour and a half ago, and I'm going to release the statement through my agent. So it looks to be very, very premeditated, very, very calculated. And if that's the case, okay, that's fine. But to say I'm at halftime, now, as you said, everything I've heard about, you've played the game, right? I, I I defer to you on, on a lot of this, but everything I've heard and everything I've seen from uh, football players I've hung out with here at Ohio State when I was in school, hung out with them as they continued on into the NFL, football is a, is a, is a brotherhood, it's a family. And to leave your family high and dry, to leave your family hanging like that is, uh, is, un, is unimaginable. You know, that's like you, you know, you, you, you take your you take your, your father, you take your son uh, to, to the Rose Bowl and at halftime you leave him and he can't find you. You don't tell him where he's going, where you're going. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't know. I, that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting. But again, you know, if that's what he felt he had to do, I mean, I could think of, I mean, I sudden thought about it. I said, well, man, you know, okay, you, at halftime you decided you don't want to play anymore. Okay, you, you, do you go out on the field and talk to the trainer like, Hey, you know, Doc. You know, I felt my grab. I felt my hammy grab. You know, I, I need to sit down. And you sit out for the rest of the half with your team, and then post game, you decide to make that announcement of I'm retiring. But to leave your team like that at halftime, I, I've never seen anything like that at all. No, and I agree with you. I've never seen that, and that's why I'm saying, okay. So if if this is something that's never happened, there's no history of this ever happening before then I would think it's something we need to take some time and put into and really think about it and consider it. What would make a person do that? We, want, we would want to study that. We would want to get that information. And let me just say this, too. First of all, there's, there is a roster of 53 men on this team. There's not a time when a player is sitting at his locker and everybody is going past him or whatever that, one of your teammates dapping you up or say, okay, man, let's go, bro. Let's get ready. Second half. Boom, boom, boom. So somebody had to notice something different about him when he's sitting there getting ready to go out for the second half. Did he? Because he, he, he didn't come out. So was he sitting in his locker? And what was he? Did he have his helmet on? Was he taking his equipment off? When 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 the when the DBs huddled up before they went out, did he did he join the huddle? When the coach right. was talking about making some adjustments, did you say anything to him? I think they caught a pass or two on him. So did you? Did you have any kind of any dialogue at all? Okay, this is what we're gonna do second half. You know, come on. So what was the conversation at? Where, where, where is the, the the football norms that happen during halftime? Did he participate in those? And if he did, what was his participation? Was it unusual or was it usual? And if it was unusual, I mean, there's times when you see people who have done things and at the last minute, when we look back up on it, then somebody says, OK, you know what? As a matter of fact, there was something a little bit strange. I know I noticed this or I saw this or, or I did or I didn't see this. And he usually does it. You know, but none of that. 
which means that's not a norm. So therefore, there was something different. It's some that somebody should know. But here's the thing, right? You're you're right. You're one hundred percent right. But my thing is going back to him. Again, there's no way you can convince me that thought crossed his mind for the first time at halftime. So if you felt this way the night before, you felt this way during team breakfast, you felt this game during chapel, you felt this way getting taped up. Why not say something then? Why go out? Be, be, let me as say you this. Said. And it's so interesting that you said that. And and I'm gonna say this because it's like anything else that people do that is outside of the norm. Is that they, they may have thought about it before and, and, and I don't mean to make things about me But I only share my experience Because I've been there and done that But I, I remember talking to Coach O Alavadotti in a, in a team meeting In front of my teammates And I told Coach O I said Coach O Man I'm going to tell you that Last night man this, It was Sunday night And we just a Monday uh, You know I told him I said my, I counted my body My body was hurting me In 13 different places I said man I was thinking about retiring It's you know, it's almost like we, you know, me and you doing this show off the air right now, you know, but take my word for it that that I did not make that up. I said that to a coach in a meeting. Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, I understand what this young man was feeling. And I, I mean, we rolling in Cleveland, too, man. It's my, it's my I think it's either it might have been my it might have been the 86 season, 86 or 87. But either way, we play in the AFC championship game both of those years. And, you know, I was okay. Well, my second year, yeah, so I, it was my first year because my neck was killing me too bad for me to be hurting in 13 places my second year because I, I didn't hit anybody. But I'm telling you, my body hurt me in 13 different places. And I counted them. And I thought about this. So I'm now I'm sitting in meetings and I'm thinking about the pain that my body's in. I got to go down to the trainers and they got to attend to 13 different areas of my body. Now, I thought about that. That's Sunday night after the game. And I'm in meetings on Monday, and I'm thinking about that. Okay, now, okay, if, if there was a game, I'm sure if there was a game that Monday, my body, I, I, if it was still hurting, I'd have been thinking about it. But again, but what makes you pull that trigger and say, I'm doing this now? He, I'm sure he thought about it, but it was like, okay, he thought about it. But right now, guess what, man? I'm not going out there another play because – Either this is happening to me or this is happening to me, but something's going through his mind. And that's what I'm saying. They need to talk to him because it was a series of things and thoughts that went through his mind. And then finally, it's like, what's, I mean, I don't want this, this is the wrong thing to say, but it's when somebody, I, I, to this day, I want to talk to my friend up in heaven, Andre Waters. I'm so mad at him and Dave Doris. And why the hell did you guys pull those triggers? You know, what made him pull that trigger at that moment? Did you think about it before? Did you tell somebody before? We don't know. But they pulled those triggers. And that's why I'm saying, man, there's too many things going on for somebody to be saying to this young man, you cheated your teammates. Mm. This, this is this man's life. He could have pulled a trigger. Right. And so talk to the man. Get him some help. He, he needs some help. He, he doesn't need to be criticized. He needs some help because that could have been something different. And that's, that's, that, that's where my emotions is coming from right now. That could have been a different kind of decision. And everybody's thinking about he cheated his team. It was a corner next man up. Suppose he got hurt. There's a corner, who, a, there's a corner who's happy. He, I mean, I don't mean to say it like that, but whoever stepped in, they don't know the reason why he stepped down, but they happy because now they're starting. So that that that's all I'm saying, man. That that's that's the part I'm taking it from that perspective. Is that, that's not be self. Kev, didn't Kevin Love just tell us some stuff here a couple weeks ago? He did. 
He did. He just, as a matter of fact, he just announced his foundation today, the Kevin Love Foundation for Mental Health. See what I'm saying? The first patient Kevin needs to try to help out is Vontae Davis. There might be something wrong with Vontae. Let, let, let's bring him in and sit him down. I just got finished talking to one of my friends, Harvey Armstrong. Harvey, and God bless him, I got a friend, Wes Hopkins, who is in desperate need of prayer. Wes, a great all-pro safety out of SMU, played with me for the Eagles. If Wes doesn't get hurt, no doubt in my mind, Wes Hopkins is one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game. He still is one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game, but his, his career was shortened by injuries, and his performance wasn't what it was because of injuries. But this brother hit so hard, my wife was afraid for me to be on the field with him. Wes Hopkins, keep him in your prayers. But me and, me and Harvey just had some conversations here recently about what's happening with the uh, Hall of Famers. And they're concerned about, you know, health care, health insurance and stuff like that. You know, it, it's like these are, these are issues that are a major concern because people are going through things and they need to be taken seriously. Whenever they mention them, whenever they bring them up, need to be taken seriously. So we're going to have to take a break, Harvey. Gonna, I mean, I will, Harvey, we're going to have to take a, press, uh, take a break. And Willie, we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about some other things throughout the NFL, some great things going on, some great football being played. My Philadelphia Eagles, whoo. But uh, take a break. We'll be right back. Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray of the Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 
And, of course, I got my man Willie Gibson on with me. And Willie and I always talk about our Cleveland Browns. And uh, off the air there, I was also uh, speaking to Willie and letting him know that I, I'm concerned with Josh Gordon, who signed with the Patriots, I believe. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, Bill has had a... Bill has had a track record of dealing with guys that, uh, you know, have been on the, you know, the other side of the ball in terms of, you know, maybe doing something wrong, got in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, Bill's got some discipline up there, the Patriots way that some guys adapt to, some do better than others up there. Um, but certainly he's a weapon that Tom Brady certainly would welcome. But um, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think about that, Willie? Uh, you think that's a good move for Josh? Was it a good move for Josh? I think it. I think Josh, you know what? Here's the thing with Josh, and I'm glad we're talking about him right now. I, I don't know what's good for Josh. We don't know what Josh is right now. And, and I don't say that negatively. First of all, first and foremost, I, I wish him well. I hope that whatever uh, demons he's been battling as far as addiction, uh, he has them under control. And I hope uh, uh, they, 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 they never cause him to, to stumble again. But as far as on the field, Josh Gordon, I mean, we haven't seen him. I mean, he's played, what, 11 of the last 65 games? So we don't know what Josh Gordon is going to be. It's like we, he had the one great season in 2014. In 14 games, he had, you know, 1,600 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns. He had a phenomenal year, and we give him that. But that was 2014. It's four years ago. I mean, and we, we continue to hold that season up as the gold standard. Like, Josh Gordon, he's capable of that, but we, we just don't know. And, and I think it's unfair to him to, to continue to, to hold him to that standard when, you know, we don't know what he's going to do. We, we just don't. Uh, I, let me say this. Well, I, I think that, you know, Josh has showed potential. So we know he's got potential, and that's what we're – we are banking on the potential. But I also need to say this. I think during the preseason, we saw some Josh Gordon. Uh, well, not the preseason. In the, in, the, in the one time that we did get a chance to see him and in practice, we saw some Josh Gordon that gave us some hope. And, and, and with that hope, you know, that's what, that's what we, we, we're hanging on the cliff of that hope and what we've seen previously. And, and those previous games that we saw, you know, when he had those 1,600 yards, that's a hell of, that was a hell of a receiver we saw. That, I mean, that was a, a damn good receiver. And I guess somebody's taking a chance on what we get. What, what are we going to get in return? A fourth round draft pick? I think uh, we get five. A, a fifth That's round five. draft. A fifth round draft yeah. pick. Okay. So, and, and, and Belichick, again, I think arguably so the best coach to ever coach the game uh, is willing to take a chance on him for a fifth round. It, it could, you know, it could work for him. Now, now, Based upon what you've heard back there, uh, the the final straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that he didn't come in. He came in late on Monday, or he didn't come in on Monday. No, uh, it was actually Saturday. Well, let's go back to Friday. He practiced all week last week, no problems. Never appeared on the injury report. Had a bad practice on Thursday, and uh, Todd Haley kind of got on him a little bit as far as his practicing and, and uh, oh, oh, let me back up a little bit even to, to Sunday's game. Um, he just wasn't prepared. I mean, he's running the wrong route. Actually, when, when Tyrod Taylor threw that touchdown or the interception, rather, uh, that was because Josh ran the wrong route. And so he wasn't where he was supposed to be. 
And so everyone talks about the touchdown pass that Josh caught, but there were other facets of the game when Josh wasn't where he was supposed to be, wasn't prepared, and and it kind of came to light and, and filmed the next day. So then he practiced all week, no problems, no injuries. The Browns gave him permission. He um, has a clothing line that he's working on, and the Browns gave him permission on Friday night to have a photo shoot for his clothing line at the facility. So he told them I'm doing a photo shoot. Would come to find out there was some type of video being shot. And so during the course of this video, he's running and Josh pulls his hamstring. So you've already violated the trust there. You told him you were doing the photo shoot, shoot, you're shooting a video. And on top of that, you get injured while shooting the video. So he shows up late on Saturday. I think it was like 10 minutes late on Saturday to team meetings, comes in, say, I'm hurt. I got to go sit in the doctor. They go examine him. They find out his hamstring is pulled. He's out for Sunday. And I think that now, in and of itself, that isolated incident probably is not enough to release somebody. But, again, we're dealing with somebody that for the last six years, there's been umpteen chances given. And there's been nothing but support given. There's been nothing but second and third and fourth and 29th and 57 chances given. And now you have this. I think it was just to the point where the Browns had enough. You know, when is enough enough? And enough became Saturday, and they decided to move on. Yeah, I, I uh, certainly can respect that. There, there, does come, there does come a point in time where when enough is enough. And if, if, if they reach that point, um, I certainly can understand that. And certainly, I mean, you pull a hamstring in a video shoot? If, if, you know, what is your clothing merchandise? Is, is it sportswear? Because I'm sure you're not running at top speed in a suit or in some jeans in order to, you know, in order to, you know, shoot this video. And, and you only pull your hamstring when you at the top of your, you know, when you at the top. You don't you don't jog. You don't pull a hamstring because you're jogging. You, you know, you're at the top of your speed to pull a hamstring. So, uh but be it as it may, you know, I, I wish him I wish him luck, you know. Wish he could have been there and, and whatever skills that he had and whatever contributions he could have made to the Browns team, I uh, wish he could have done that and, and we could have seen that um, because I certainly think he has a skill that, that we certainly could benefit from. But, okay, so we're going we're gonna to move on. That, that, that's that's uh, another day, another time. You know, good luck. So, um, but uh, too bad for him. Another person with some injuries, Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I told you, I thought – I think it was last week when, when, the, when the injury happened, Willie, I, I thought that Aaron Rodgers, uh, I didn't think he should have come back in that second half and they should have played him. Now I think they got some concerns with Aaron about being ready to play this week. Is that right? Well, it's going to be a week-to-week thing. I mean, they, they're calling it a sprained ligament, but, you know, for all of, you know, anytime a ligament is sprained, there's some a level of, of a tear in that ligament. So the you know, sprained ankle whatever, there's always some type of uh, uh, tear. So he wore a brace on Sunday against Minnesota. And he's gonna, it's going to be something he's going to deal with for the remainder of the season. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not going to get any better uh, without extended rest, perhaps even surgery. But uh, he's something he's going to just deal with. Yeah, and, I, I you know, again, I, I think the risk and the reward, you know, let's look at it, okay, 
Wow. You know, it was something we're going to have to deal with week to week to week with Aaron. Aaron happens to be one of those quarterbacks that doesn't necessarily have to practice every day in order to perform to his highest level on Sunday. But he certainly likes to, you know, get to practice in, you know. Uh, everybody, you know, everybody doesn't like to practice, but there's some people who understand that, that practice does help performance. Uh, shout out to Allen Iverson every time I talk about practice, man. Yeah, we, <laughs> we talk about practice. But, uh, okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about, if you will, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and, and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Ryan yep. Fitzpatrick opening up a can of worms on the first play and taking them deep with D-Jack. Man. Yep. Uh, yeah. My man Malcolm Jenkins and, and the boys out there, I think they got caught by surprise. But I don't think any – first of all, Tampa Bay got too many weapons on offense. And Fitzpatrick, you see – we got film on Fitzpatrick. He's been around for a while. He can, right. he can throw the ball every night. You know, he may be a, a sporadic quarterback. He's up and down. But, you know, don't let him get hot, you know. And, uh, and he's always, you know, had the ability to throw that rainbow up there and let guys run up under it. And, and, he, and he did it. And uh, – and they surprised the Eagles. Now, my question to you is, does Jameis Winston get his starting position back? No. No. I'll tell you that right now. No. If no. You, oh, sorry, are you saying no because you don't think they will? Or if you're the coach, he doesn't get it back? Both. Okay. Okay. Both. Talk to him. Explain it. I mean, what's, what's your reasoning behind that? I mean, first of all, Jameis, number one, Jameis has to grow up. I mean, this, this, we, we talked about Josh Gordon a moment ago. I mean, this thing with Jameis always having these incidents. I mean, they go back to Florida State with the young lady there, an unfortunate situation. Now he's been, he's been suspended for the first three games. Another incident with another young lady, uh, Uber driver uh, situation occurred. Out here. Uh, there, there's been so many scenarios with Jameis. And it's like, you got to just, at some point, you got to grow up. And I think the fact that he's suspended and the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick, is, I mean, it was it was initially, it was it was predicted James could come back and the Buccaneers could be 0-3, struggling. And and to see Fitzpatrick and, or Fitzmagic, as they've been calling him <laughs> the last two weeks, I mean, you can't sit him down. Yeah, you, you can't, can't sit him down. You know, well, you know what? It's, it's interesting you say that because, and the reason why, and I'm going to come back because we're going to have to take a break here because it's break time's coming up. Because I was saying to you, how, how is it possible that you take a backup quarterback that wins, you, takes you through the playoff, takes you into the Super Bowl, wins the MVP of the Super Bowl, the team wins, and he gets benched when the starting quarterback he replaced, who did get injured, comes back. Now, if this is just on performance, then why, 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 why is Wentz getting his starting position back? But don't answer that, Willie, to the other side of break. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Willie Gibson with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. Willie, just before I went to break, it was something that me and you had been talking about before. And basically that is that we've got a situation now. It's a similar situation, not an identical situation. Because Jameis Winston has been out. He is the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has been doing an outstanding job. And the Philadelphia Eagles have a situation where, again... They have a quarterback, Nick Foles, who has been a a replacement quarterback who's done an outstanding job for the Philadelphia Eagles, but now their starter, Carson Wentz, is healthy and it's it's time for him to come back. You say that the team in Tampa who has not won a Super Bowl, their quarterback, you know, was performing okay, should not be the starting quarterback when he comes back. But in Philadelphia, you feel that Carson Wentz should be the starting quarterback when he comes back. Go ahead and explain that a little bit deeper for us. Yeah, a couple of reasons. One, you don't lose your job because of injury. Carson Wentz was injured. He had a, a capable backup in Nick Foles. Nick Foles, Nick Foles, you know, caught lightning in the bottle, so to speak, won the Super Bowl. Jameis Winston is suspended for violation of the personal conduct policy of the National Football League. He has multiple off-the-field incidents that has now affected the performance of the team on the field. You don't automatically, to me, walk back into a starting position when you're coming off a suspension. You're injured, you're injured. That 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 That's a byproduct of, a, of the profession. You're going to get hurt. You don't lose your job because you got hurt. That's why you have backups. But when you're coming off multiple, multiple uh, situations and incidents of violation of the personal conduct policy and this man comes in and he's not only uh, maintaining he's actually elevating the performance of the team you to me you don't you don't sit that guy down well let, let, let's let's look at um so you're saying simply because of an injury and I'm not going to say the teams have been consistent with the injury policy, that players don't necessarily, that it's a policy that is written. You know, it may be an unwritten norm where if a player gets hurt and a player steps in, uh, that the player who got hurt when he's healthy 
you know, gets his position back. Uh, you know, and again, I told you, man, it's one of those situations where I do not like using myself, but only for the purpose of sharing experiences to help people understand, okay, there's a reason why this person's on the other side of Mike. He knows a little bit. He has some experience. He can share stories with you. Okay, I want to share a story with me. That, that's how I got my lucky break at Ohio State University. There was a person that got injured. I stepped in. I played. I played well. And, you know, when it was time for that person to come back, Woody didn't, you know, it's like, okay, I, I, I retained a position. So there, there are times where you're right. That is the norm, and that's, that's the way they do it. And then there's other times where that's, that's not, you know. I would say in Jameis Winston's, you know, in this in, from this perspective of Jameis Winston we're talking about, I think some of the off-the-field stuff is something that you consider. But at the same time, remember now, Jameis Winston's 24 years old, and Fitzpatrick is probably, you know, getting by at least – you know, five years, I think. Fitzpatrick may be like 29, maybe 30. So no, Ryan, Fitz, no, Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually 36. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. Then I'm way off. So, so right, he's 36. So he's obviously not the future of the team. He may be, and again, I'm always one of those, what have you done for me lately? I, I believe, you know, let's win now. And everybody's just an injury away. You, you just said the Cleveland Browns organization – it's 59% different than what it was last year. So you can't tell the guys that's playing on the team this year, okay, what's going to happen next year? You can't talk about quarterbacks of the future. Quarterbacks get hurt in one play, career's over with. So, you know, that, that, that's a tough one. I would go with the performance, though. And for me, the performance, Nick Foles, I think he performed well enough that we won the Super Bowl. But, okay, you're going to set him down, and then what do you do? So if Carson gets in and Carson doesn't perform well, do you then start hollering for Nick Foles? How do you, how do, how do you handle that? If Carson, if, if the chemistry is off a little bit, he just isn't performing well. He's getting sacked, you know, whatever. He's throwing interceptions. Do, do you then look to Nick Foles? Do you ever, do, ever put Nick back in? Yeah, if he's injured. Yeah, you got oh, to oh, so, so only So only if Carson is injured do you put Nick back in? To me, yeah, because, I mean, Carson, went, there's a reason – Nick Foles is your backup. If he, if if it's truly about playing your best player, there's a reason Nick Foles is your backup. Carson Wentz is a starter, but again, now because I know you're coming back to me, well, Jameis is your best player. Yeah, but Je we're dealing with a different scenario. We're dealing with a different situation. Jameis is suspended for violation of league policy. You don't automatically walk back into your starting role coming off a of suspension. It, now, Again, especially when Fitzpatrick is taking this offense to the next level. Now, if he's on three, like everyone prognosticated, that James is going to come back and, and Tampa Bay is going to be on three, then, yeah, perhaps. It's a but, it, 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 I'm going to hit you with this. It's a different position, but don't, didn't the Cleveland Browns just release a linebacker who started the other night on television? We watching him sure play? Did. Sure did. Michael Kendricks. And, and he's, so he's got a situation where he it was something off the field happened to him, and he, he, he already pleaded guilty? Pleaded guilty to insider trading. And he's starting in the National Football League? And, and you're yeah. telling me a guy who is competing right now, who is being suspended, you know, because of something he did off the field, that he can't come back? And he's found, he's found innocent. There's no charges to him, I don't believe. Jameis isn't going to jail. No, Jameis isn't going to jail, but this is the same this is the same scenario for Jameis over and over and over again. Well, this young man only needs one time and inside of he going to jail. He's gonna spend yeah, some time. 
<laughs> you know, it's just a matter of sent. They're waiting for sentencing. So yep. that 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 tell okay. So that tells you about their code and conduct. Here's a man who this his code and conduct is such that he already admitted to guilt. So much yep. for so much for consistency with code and conduct, because the code and conduct is no different for one team than it is for another. Uh, it has to be because Cleveland cut him and Seattle signed him. No, so no, 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 no. It, it's the exact same. The, the, listen, you know this, Willie. You just, I'm, I think you're just messing with me on this one. The collective bargaining agreement where they address all, where they address all this stuff, code and conduct, and what you adhere to in in New England, same thing has to be adhered to in Cleveland. Well, certainly, yeah. But when you have, you know, a, a moral code, or and, and I know, I, I know, we're talking about billionaires and moral code and I, I get that but obviously in cleveland the the moral fabric was such that they felt he could not stay there regardless of his production on the field whereas seattle we talked about it off air pete is feeling it right now pete carroll's feeling it so perhaps pete looked at it john schneider this is his gm and said hey i i need this guy i need this guy to, to keep the to keep the media and keep the fan base and keep everybody up off me, and it kind of didn't work because it still lost last night. But so, so let me let me go let, let me go here to the forty million dollar man. Shouldn't Roger have made a call on that one? He should have. That, that's that, that's that's where I wanted to go next on that one because the, the code of conduct is something that ultimately Roger has the final decision. Remember, they were talking about the fact that they gave him too much power, and yeah. and and Roger's the one who called Tom Brady on the on, you know on the field. Roger's the one who who called. Uh, you know Zeke, uh, you know on the field, so to speak. You know he called them to the carpet, because because the teams, of course, weren't going to suspend them. But Roger made that call. So why didn't Roger make this call? How can That's a good point. You're right because it's always innocent until proven guilty. But this man's been proven guilty. He pled guilty. Yeah, and he what, but, 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 but with Roger, it wasn't about innocent until proven guilty because Zeke. Remember, Zeke was proven innocent. But exactly. Roger, but Roger said, "No, you guilty in our when it comes to our code and conduct, protecting the shield." So again, why? Where's where's the shield being protected and inside the trade? I mean, this man took eighty thousand dollars and turned it into one point two million in four months. I mean, proven inside the trade and 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 pled guilty. So I would say there's a little. Right, in, I, I, so I think in terms of Roger, there's a little inconsistency there. But uh, we'll, we'll deal with Roger a little bit later because I got some more issues with Roger. Guys, listen, Willie and I were into that, uh, you know, so heavy and hot, but uh, it's time for us to go. So you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.